With those exceptionally long ears and skinny build, I'd have to guess that Bugs Bunny was actually a hare, not a rabbit. Welcome to The Nature of Phenology, where we share the cycles and seasons of the outdoors. I'm your host, Hazel Stark. Last month, when we had that wild rain and windstorm following the loveliest sparkling snow cover, not to be confused with the other wild rain and windstorms we had, I found myself thinking about light and dark. The day before the rainstorm, I had luxuriated in the most golden sunset from the top of a hill where the snow that had fallen a few days before had then become gilded with the sparkling fronds of surface hoar. That's spelled H-O-A-R. In my dark brown wool overalls, black boots, bright orange hat, and turquoise jacket, it felt like a blemish on the landscape, blocking that sparkling beauty from wherever I stood, which felt like a travesty as we approached the darkest day of the year. But once the warm rain and high winds came, all the snow melted, puddles stood in my yard, the power went out, and the landscape seemed to match the darkness underscored by the limited daylight hours we have as winter officially begins. As I dragged a cartload of wood for the fire across the saturated ground, however, I saw a bright white flash in my periphery. There, on the shrubby ground beneath a white pine, was a snowshoe hare sporting its white winter coat, probably feeling much as I had the day before, an obvious blemish on the landscape. While the southernmost reaches of Maine have small, localized populations of true rabbits, Maine otherwise only has snowshoe hares. So what many folks call a rabbit around here is actually a hare. And what is the difference between a hare and a rabbit, you might wonder? One of the easiest differences to remember is that hares have hair when they're born. Put a little more scientifically, hares give birth to precocious young, fully covered in fur with eyes open. Rabbits, in contrast, give birth to altricial young, somewhat helpless babies with closed eyes and no fur. Hares generally are larger than rabbits and have longer ears and a more athletic, lean build. And while rabbits will live in burrows underground, hares spend their time above ground. It's always interesting to me where people get their ideas about the habits of particular species. Whenever I ask Maine children about what snowshoe hares eat and where they live, they almost always guess carrots and holes underground. So many popular children's stories come from England, where stories about rabbits seem to run, hop, rampant, wearing clothes, eating garden vegetables, and hiding underground. But our snowshoe hares are made of sturdier stock. Their especially long back feet help them not only move fast, but also hop across deep snow as if they're wearing snowshoes, helping distribute their weight in order to save energy by not sinking too deep. Since there aren't gardens full of carrots in most of their range, they are able to eat tough, woody material, eating their own scat the first time it passes through to extract more nutrients the second time around. And who needs to hide underground when your coat matches your surroundings so well that all you need to do is stand perfectly still and no one will see you? Or at least, that is what's supposed to happen. Daylight hours, temperature, and even snow depth cue snowshoe hairs to begin to change from their brown summer coats, which keep them perfectly camouflaged on the warm forest floor, to their snow-matching white winter coats. But as you have surely noticed, our snowpack doesn't come as early as it used to, and it takes a hair about a month to transform from brown to white. So what used to cue a deep white snowpack coming in about a month's time no longer consistently does, meaning snowshoe hairs are finding themselves, much like they were a few weeks ago, white on a snowless landscape. 
This phenological mismatch makes them much more susceptible to predation, which is a problem especially in the boreal forest where snowshoe hares are a keystone species, meaning just about everything eats them. If everybody can find snowshoe hares so easily one year and decimates their population, what will all those predators eat the following year? Over 40 years of data show that hares are starting to wait longer to turn white given climate change reducing the amount of snowpack. But will they be able to adapt as fast as climate change is happening? That is yet to be seen. But for now, snowshoe hares are quite abundant across most of Maine, and you can easily find their signs this time of year. If there's snow on the ground, look for their hopping tracks that show their two long back feet arranged parallel and in front of their two smaller front feet. Picture their front and back legs leapfrogging each other as they move. Their light brown, round scat pellets, usually just a few scattered apart from each other in the same area, are also easy to identify. And if there's no snow on the ground where you are, you need only keep your eyes open in areas where there's ample low woody brows for them. You can find a link to the transcript, photos, information about podcasting, contact information, and more by visiting archives.weru.org. Thanks for listening, and please join us next week for another dive into the nature of phonology.